This is a bonus episode of Making Sunday Happen, The Digital Church with Jeff Reed. Let's do it. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. Hey guys, welcome to this bonus episode of the Making Sunday Happen podcast. This week I welcome Jeff Reed. Jeff has been working directly with churches and church planners through Stadia Church Planning and through his website, thechurch.digital, and his platforms are a resource to help churches understand how to make disciples online. He's a great guy, putting some great resources out there for the church, especially as it relates to church online and digital church. So I talked with Jeff about what he's seeing with churches and how we are coming out of the COVID pandemic uh, and into a new normal. We talked about some stats on church attendance, how to craft online worship experiences, uh, how we see the church moving more online, uh, how the pandemic is affecting church planners, and more. So we'll dive right into my interview with Jeff right after this. Here we go. Introducing monthly custom media plans from 1230 Media. Affordable, no-contract monthly plans for custom graphic design and video for your church. Custom sermon series designs, announcement graphics, social media graphics, sermon bumpers and trailers, promotional videos, countdowns, church announcement videos, and more. Choose between custom graphics, custom video, or graphics and video plans. Harness the power of a full creative team every month to serve your church or ministry with plans starting at only $600 per month. Join hundreds of churches using 1230 Media to transform your worship experience. Get started today at 1230.media slash pricing. That's 1230.media slash pricing. Hey guys, today I welcome special guest Jeff Reed. Jeff has 20 years of experience serving the church in the digital realm. He's helped churches all over the country embrace the idea of church online and digital-only expressions of church to reach people for Christ. He serves as the Director of Digital Church Planning at Stadia Church Media, which if you haven't checked out Stadia, uh, they're doing some amazing things. Uh, Lots of great church planners through that organization. Uh, Jeff, welcome, man. Thanks for hanging out. Oh, it's great. Great to be here. That's such a formal introduction. Like, I just... You know, it is, you know, I got to prop you up, man. I got to, I I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, I mentioned Stadia, give us a sense of what you do there. And, uh, you know, I've talked with, uh, uh, you and several others at Stadia and, and, uh, especially with church planners still kind of, uh, trying to plant churches this year and how that's shifted around and stuff. So, uh, tell us what you do at Stadia. Yeah, so it's it's fun. They I actually took a job, you know, with Stadia in January, so so pre-COVID. And and the the goal of of the of the job, my literal job is to help plant churches in digital only space with with no physical footprint. Now, pre-COVID, that was incredibly controversial. Uh, no <laughs> no footprint whatsoever. Um, excuse me as I sneeze. But now thanks to thanks to COVID, the idea of of planning a digital only church or a church that's operating without that physical footprint uh, is, is far more acceptable. And, and so a lot of people yeah. who like, I've literally had pastors in my life tell me, Jeff, this idea of a digital only church with no 
physical footprint. It's a sin. You're taking people out of the bride of Christ, separating them from the church. A lot of those pastors actually called me up. Hey, Jeff, can you help <laughs> us figure out how to, uh, you know, stream? Oh, I remember Thanks you. to COVID. So yeah, hey, that's right. I'll charge you double. No, I'm kidding. We yeah. never do that. So there's, there's <laughs> sorry, this, no, this idea of, exactly. There's this idea of, of helping plant churches that look at digital communities as a digital people group to get into. And I'm talking like virtual reality or, or video gamers or mm-hmm. reaching people on TikTok and getting them connected into church or looking at YouTube or Facebook as a community that, that in itself that needs the gospel. And so that's really some of the challenge. Now, thanks to COVID, there's this whole other job that's spun up because, you know, Stadia has got about a thousand churches that they've planted and every one of those churches need to figure out how to operate physically and digitally. And so yes. we've coined this phrase digital where we're working with existing physical churches and, and in this COVID season, helping them learn the strengths and the weaknesses of operating digitally and, and, and creating this experience so that it's not, okay, I'm broadcasting services, uh, but I'm also doing physical services. Of course, there's going to be a conflict in a, in a competition. How can we structure our, our ministry in this relationship between physical and digital so that both complement each other, not right. towards the end game of being physical mm-hmm. or being digital? Those are just tools. The end game is hopefully for the church is this idea of creating the disciple maker. And so right. helping churches understand physical, helping them understand digital and helping them understand what it means to create disciples who can create disciples. So we took a survey in our Facebook group recently that about 80, 85% of churches that we surveyed uh, are now back to a physical expression. So physical and digital, uh, they're doing both. Uh, And I think that this is where we're going to be. Uh, I think that we have to have, um, uh, for the churches that have a physical expression, you have to do both. You have to be online as well. Online's not going anywhere. Uh, it's here to stay. So, so tell me what you think about that. Um, and are you encouraging churches to move digital only, 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 no physical or both? Or how does that coincide with each other? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how all this kind of connects together, right? Um, if a physical church is, is operating physically, it's interesting. You're 85% number. I'm actually, I guess, one of that 15%. I'm still down here in Miami, Florida. And uh, we're still at level one, whatever that means. Like we're mm-hmm. not, we're not even eating in restaurants, much less gathering together in, in physical space, just because you know Miami. But um, the the end game would be if a, if a church is physical, let's utilize that as a strength. Now there there is right. an offshoot of what I'm talking about earlier with this idea of digital only, and that's still a, a bleeding edge concept context uh, concept. Um, there's not a lot that are doing that. And so if a church out there, if your head just exploded at the idea of digital only, ignore that. Let's, let's move on. Let's talk about more of where you are now. Majority of churches right now need to understand the strengths of physical. Um, They need to look at the church more than just the one hour on Sunday and and learn how digital can complement that. The average church, the, the biggest question that I hear right now in this new season we're in is, okay, we did all this, uh, none of our physical resources uh, existed. And so we poured all of those resources into doing online ministry. We, we were creating content five, six, seven days a week. We're doing this exclusively online environment and living rooms 
uh, for worship, completely different than what we would do in the physical building. The pastor was preaching something different. We created all this quality content that may or may not be engaging ones, may not be engaging people that are called to Christ, but it looked good and it was engaging at least our 99s. What do, but now we're going back to the building. So I've got to, I've got to do my online service content as well as this, the physical buildings. What's, I, I literally had a church tell me once the first week that they went back to the building. It wasn't until they got to Saturday night, 11 o'clock at night, until they realized, oh, crap, we got to do this online, too. They were so driven in the physical <clears> mindset <throat> that <throat> they, they totally had forgotten about what was happening online. And, and so often we try to pour and we say, OK, the online services is really the thing that is going to that's what defines the church. Our physical services defines the church. The online service that one hour on Sunday really defines it. But if we don't look at that as the competition point, but instead look at ways that online can complement what's happening in physical, that, that can add value to the idea of the end game, which is hopefully that disciple making role. Well, then digital can work alongside physical at a much greater level to reach the goals and the, the vision and the mission that the church is trying to do. It just means you've got to look beyond the one hour on Sunday to really see what's possible for the church. So for those churches who have uh, either back in a physical location or working their way back back in, and they're they're doing both, <clears throat> would you suggest um, that they pour their energy into content that works for both? Would you say that the online would be like a campus of your of your church? So you would staff it, you would resource it, etc. What do you see as the relationship there? Maybe I'm asking you the same thing, but just trying to get at that a little bit more. Well, I mean, let's let's pull the thread and see how we go, right? By the way, any hate mail, you can go ahead and send it to, to Carl at, mm-hmm. at, at twelve thirty media. Right. Send it that way. It's right. it's, it's going to be great because because right. this right. answer may may not be popular. Um, here here would be my my answer. Let's really evaluate. In each church, I challenge you to do this. Don't take me at, at, at surface level here. You come up with the answer. Is your service right now effective in, in evangelism? Because in the building, the major role of evangelism, you know, bringing people who are cold to Christ, warm to it, is that happening in, in virtual space? Is that happening through your online services? When I talk with, with churches that, that are doing online, when I talk with online pastors, I'll be honest. I, I hear far more no's than they are yeses. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's be honest. People do get saved through services. And, and I don't mean to discredit those that, that have seen life change as a result of it. But if we're talking about what's being effective, if we're talking about all the effort that goes into creating these 60, 75, 90 minute ex- experiences, well, crap, if I'm trying to reach a, a person who's called to Christ, sometimes a a 60 second video clip is going to be more impactful than a 60 minute clip mm-hmm. uh, because of, of where that person is and the ability to make content that's shareable and that's relatable for an, uh, an individual to share with another individual. You, you see, like the services for mm-hmm. me is I worked for, for a pastor mm-hmm. once and, and he literally stood in the pulpit and, and he said this. He's like, he's like, church, it's your job to bring the people into the building. Don't worry about evangelizing. Don't worry about sharing the gospel, sharing faith. It's not your job. Your job is to get them into the building. My job is to evangelize, to share with them. You get them in the building. You do your job. I'll do my job 
I'll preach the gospel to them. That doesn't work in 2020. I'm not even sure it worked at the time when he said it. But where we are right now in 2020, uh, our, our buildings are, are, are devalued. Our, our brand, our church's voice, our organizational voice has never meant less than it does at this moment right now. Mm-hmm. And so as much as we want to be the ones to, to create these services and these experiences, it's really not up to us. It's really up to our individuals, the people who are attending the church, to do that. What have you seen? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. The pastors that you've talked to, uh, and and I've seen this and I've uh, got some responses here, but um, do you think that the pastors have been enlightened to either maybe what I did in the past isn't working as well? Maybe, oh, maybe that communications guy or media guy that's been pushing me to do all these digital things uh, or more right than I thought. Maybe we need to pour time, resources, energy, money into more of those things. What, from a pastor perspective, do you think some pastors have been uh, humbled or sh- uh, shaken by this? What has been your relationship with pastors and church planners? Yeah, there, there are there are sixty year old pastors who I've seen that are broken by this. That are saying, I, Jeff, I I am recognizing that everything that I've done up until this point has led to this. And at this moment, it's not working. Uh, you know, some, some of the most humblest pastors uh, that, that I know are, are the 60, 65, couple years out of retirement and are humble enough to say, let's try something new yeah. and, and let, let's pivot and, and are able to flex with it. Uh, man, I, I know some 30 something year old pastors, pastors that, that I've worked with and that I've, I've consulted here with this, that, that are on the younger side. You think, man, they're more malleable. And these are the guys that are often the, the most vocal fighting for, let's just get back to the way that it was February 2020, which oftentimes, actually, I had, had an a executive pastor tell me this just to today, this idea of February 2020 and how it was romanticized. And, oh, yeah, it was so great back in 2020, February. February 2020 was pretty lousy for the church. Like the trends that, that we've been seeing, February 2020, go back 2012, and, and those trends were, were, were going downturn. And you've seen Glue and, and Barna spend so much time talking about that lately. Uh, and, and this executive pastor that I was talking with, he says, Jeff, it's, it's, it's kind of like the, the Israelites. He's, he pulled biblical on me here. He's like, it's like the Israelites when, when they left Egypt and they were wandering around before they could get to the promised land. And they were lamenting and they were saying, why can't we just go back to Egypt? It was so great at Egypt the way that it was before. Let's just go back to where it was because at least that was comfortable. They had forgotten how bad it was in, in Egypt. And, and, you know, of course, they, they held off to the promised land. You had to kill off a generation in the Bible to get there. What ended up should have been like a week's journey, ended up taking 40 years. <clears throat> That's almost reminiscent of where we are now, where it's like th- there are pastors that are open to change. And I've been incredibly encouraged through Stadia. We're helping 150 churches right now go through digital and and have this marriage of physical and digital working together. And it's a beautiful thing to see churches that are learning to multiply in this season. But there are are pastors that almost as equally, if not louder, let's just go back to the way that it was. And then to me, that's that's just a scary thing. Right. Yeah. Both are... Yeah, interesting to hear. Um, all right, so your website, uh, thechurch.digital, um, tell us a, a little bit about what you guys have focused on. I'm not sure, honestly, if this site was here when you guys launched that, um, but t- tell me uh, when that started and what kind of resources you guys provide on that site. 
Yeah, so I, I stepped out of uh, 15, 20 years church staff experience, uh, believe it or not. <clears throat> and uh, I, I stepped out of staff in 2018 because I felt God was leading me to help churches figure out how to do this church online stuff better. And, uh, and so one of the results of that was the church.digital. Uh, we started blogging and, and podcasting and creating resources, training opportunities, uh, cohorts, uh, co- uh, consulting with churches really centered around this idea of, okay, if church is really more than one hour on Sunday, how can we do these things? How can we do online discipleship? How can we help churches understand the importance of that digitally as, as well as physically? And so mm-hmm. that was kind of the platform from that. We've been been podcasting. We're coming up on our 100th podcast episode. Um, you know, obviously in this COVID season, uh, exposure has been incredible. Uh, subscription rates are up a thousand percent. Blog uh, reading and website traffic's up a thousand percent, and uh, God really has kind of opened some doors in, in this COVID season to to help churches understand what digital ministry is. Uh, Pre-COVID, churches was more than the one hour on Sunday in the physical space, but pastors time and time again did not look at digital community as capable of a community that could be discipled or even discipling a physical community via digital tools. And, and so we really challenged, okay, it's, it's awesome. We can do digital communication that can drive people into a physical location. Uh, we can do digital communication pieces, social media posts, marketing. That's fine, getting them into physical space. But what if we actually looked at digital tools as opportunities to engage people? <clears throat> and that's really been the, the challenge of, of where we are with the church digital. And that's, it's been so rewarding in the season to see churches turn the corner and start to understand this stuff. The response from that or questions that you've gotten, what are some of the top questions and top things? I know you've done some like um, um, Zoom calls and open office hours and stuff like that. What is the uh, major questions that you have uh, have been asked and maybe what are the questions now? Oh yeah, totally. Um, it's the number one question that, that, and honestly, you know, I don't know that I have a solid answer for this one. <clears throat> what does kids ministry look like? Mm, um, yes. You know, that to me is, is the, the biggest question that has yet to be solidified. Yep. Because the, the quick answer was, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I keep coughing, but um, let's move all of our physical services. Let's just do that stuff online. And it may work in some churches. It may not work in some churches. It's effective in reaching kids that are already kind of engaged in church culture, but is it effective in engaging and bringing people into, to a new culture? Is that really the best way? You know, there are, there are churches like the, the church that I attend, um, they've taken some of that approach, but they've also taken the approach of, let me disciple the parents let me provide resources for the parents so that the parent, so that the father can be the spiritual hero of mm-hmm. the family and, and can start to be, take more control of that disciple making relationship. You know, the parents had kind of sacrificed that to the church for years mm-hmm. and let the church be that lone voice sometimes towards it. What does it look like to claim it back? And so there are, there are churches that are going that route. There are churches, you know, some of the guys that I'm talking with, and this may be like bleeding edge or at least in, not in the tech side, but, conceptually, <clears throat> the idea of doing being a digital missionary. Hey, let's the end game is build relationships with kids utilizing these digital tools. So let's go where the kids are. What does it look like to have a, a, a YouTube channel of, of toy unboxing? Uh, 
Uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm 43. It seems like a stupid concept to me. So you really create a YouTube channel where you unbox toys, but there are guys who are, who are doing this and building relationships with, with kids Mm -hmm. and students. And through these relationships, getting them connected into digital church environments. And what seems like a foreign concept outside, if, if you're not in that age, when you are that age or you're more closely connected to that age, you're seeing where those relationships are, are leading to, to fruit of where lives are being changed through relationships that, that start with a, a digital approach, utilizing influence through TikTok or through YouTube or, or Snapchat or th- things like this. And so it's really has been interesting to see <clears throat> unconventional methods of, of ministry pop up just in context of, of kids and students. By the way, you're seeing some of that, lot, same of those unconventional things really start to, to resource, uh, you know, adult ministry as well. Yeah. You know, we're, I've, I've had conversations with people who are literally playing like online board games, like, like Clue and Sorry, playing it in the physical space, but utilizing like online tools. And then through that, connecting in the community that's engaging and meeting new people that they're connecting to Christ or or a Netflix watch party, watching a yeah. family movie, and, and through that, all of a sudden, connecting into it. The yeah. win of 2020 with COVID has been building, in, in context of digital church, it's been we need to build relationships yeah. with people because they're not listening to the institutional voice. They're going to listen to individual voices. And so the more that we can encourage people to discover their own individual voices and then use that to funnel into the church, that's... To me, that's the biggest lesson to take away of this COVID season. Yeah, I agree with you on the kids uh, side as well. That's the number one question that we got as well is how do we do kids and student ministry? And uh, we've gotten to, to serve several kids ministries uh, through this doing, you know, uh, online kids worship uh, videos and, and kids worship experiences online and uh, all kinds of video elements and things like that. And so but they're all a little bit different. Um, so yeah, I know of a, uh, there's a lot of churches that are just still not touching kids with a 10 foot pole yet. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's probably the next thing that I'm looking at is, is how did those ministries start back up? Um, all right. So, uh, stats show that 30% of churchgoers haven't just left the building, but they're gone completely. So this comes from Barna. Barna suggests that one in three practicing Christians have stopped attending church altogether, physical and digital locations. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think that COVID has been kind of a wheat and tares situation? Um, kind of, you know, the, the, the solid people are, are staying and the people that were on the fence are, are gone completely. Is there a way to get them back? What do you think about those stats? Yeah, third that I mean Barna's coming out with some scary stats. Kinnaman's kind of leading leading the the ground on this. By the way, I completely agree with him. Thirty percent decrease. Uh, Kinnaman's also said twenty percent uh, of churches will shut down in the next eighteen months. So if it's, uh, effectively, twenty twenty two will have twenty percent less churches. I mean that's that's which that's really uh, Stadia and other church planning organizations are really vital. I would think. Yeah in this season to how can we, can we plant churches and what does that look like to combat that number, I guess? Yeah. And then and that's Stadia has, has taken a, uh, a multi-mode approach, you know, like there's this physical 
church model, the standard model that everybody was kind of oper- operating on pre-COVID. But even as COVID was approaching, Stadia has, has been one of the orgs that said, hey, we're going to take more uh, approach at creating maybe some more abstract models of, of church and kind of planning those. So the digital only approach that, that I'm doing is uh, is one of those methods. There's uh, micro church movements, and this is not like creating a single micro church as much as it is like a hub of micro churches that where there's multiplication that's kind of built in from ground zero into the DNA. And we're looking at like um, uh, Brian Sanders, uh, the church underground movement that he's doing, Rob Wagner, Casey Underground, Tampa Underground, as well as some of the examples of what it is to create a network of micro churches, prison ministries. All, I mean, all sorts of, of different approaches because, and I think that 2020 has done this. 2020 has, and I think we can all agree at this, 2020 has fractured the idea of an individual. Um, there, I don't think that there will be a majority of anyone in, in this culture. And we've kind of have said this, you can never make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like what a, I, I've, I've blogged about this. There's never going to be another Beatles. I don't even know if there's going to be another U2. Uh, Coldplay may get close, but we're also fractured and individualized on what we want uh, on what we need, on what speaks to us. And, and so like, and, for, and for stadia, it's more uh, accessible. I can get yes. whatever flavor of music, whatever flavor of church I want from the internet or wherever, where Beatles, even you two start. I mean that the distribution of new ideas and expressions were not available back then. So you, I think that plays into it. You're right. There yeah. won't be another Beatles. Internet and social media caused all this to explode, right? And so, because now all these individuals have voices, have power behind what what they're what they're saying, whether it's deserved yeah. or not. And so, as as a church, how can we plant churches? Even if we get into the 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 race, how can we plant multicultural churches and and, and equip African Americans, equip Spanish to to reach people of those same uh, cultures? Like that's. That's the challenge before mm-hmm. us, Stadia. How can we adapt to that? But I, I think the biggest thing, and this goes all the way back to Kinnaman. Kinnaman posted recently, and I saw it on a Newhoff qu- uh, tweet, that it was um, mathematically, we're done. Mathematically, and this Kinnaman's exact quote is, whether an act of God or a radical disciple-making shift done by man, those are the only two options that we have left to mathematically save this thing. The 30% of people, to your point, are gone. Now, maybe we need to reconnect with them. I don't know that we can save them before they hit the door. I think they're already gone. 20% of churches, they're heading out the door if they don't shift. They need to recognize digital, but digital, once again, is a tool. What we need to get to is this idea of this radical disciple-making that Kinnaman's talking about recognizing that our institutions no longer have the voice. They no longer have the power. Our individuals do. It's time for us as a church to shut up. It's time for us to start to speak through individuals and let them reach their circle of influences, hold them accountable towards that, that development and that disciple making. That's how we're effective 2020 and beyond. So take that to the next level. How do how does a church resource the individual? What are the tools? What are the resources? What is the media content? What is the language? Like, get, give me the tools that I can use as an individual to make that happen. 
Yeah, I, I, I love this. And, and by the way, as much as you want the, the, the silver bullet, the secret recipe, the sauce here, there, there's some hard work that, that's involved in this. The ultimate end game of, of a church is this idea, hopefully in your church, is this idea of creating a, a disciple maker. And so in Stadia, we, we have this, this digital process where we talk about this a lot. Check out stadiachurchplanning.org for more information, but the stadiachurchplanning.org slash digital for more information. The end game is to create a, this a discipleship pathway, an engagement plan. The path, okay, you want to take somebody who's cold, from, cold in Christ, get them saved, and get them to the place where they're capable of creating a disciple maker. How, do you, how, do you, how does your organization do that? How do you take somebody who's been a regular attender of, of your church for 15 years, has attended small groups on a regular basis, and, and help them share their faith? Do they know that through the small groups? Have you trained them in that uh, previous to where, where they are? A lot of churches, I dare say the majority of churches, haven't. Uh, they've operate, operated, maybe officially or unofficially, hey, you know what? You bring them in the building, I'll do my job, and, and I'll witness to them. The problem is, is they no longer want to come to the building. Or maybe 85% of churches are, are in the building, but only 40% of people are attending. Right. Like the ones right. are the last people who want to come. And so as much as you ask yourself questions, like is your church right now operating evangelically? So how do you get the church where you are? How do you get your high level leaders, your people, your, the people, how do you get them on mission? How do you get them to the place to, to do discipleship training, to understand how to witness how, and how do you hold them accountable for it? There are systems that are out there. Uh, you know, I'm talking no place left. Florida has one called four fields. Uh, E3 comes out kind of out of that school of thought. There is a, a, there's another one called rooted. That's out of uh, Mariners church in California. Another one, Timothy initiative, uh, which is actually out of India. It was an Indian, uh, like overseas Indian, uh, method that actually got written into English and has been very effective here in, in America. There are systems that do this. And the biggest challenge, and I've had this podcast and this conversation where people will tell me, well, Jeff, I don't have time for that. That's just another thing. I'm already attending a small group. I'm already attending a weekend service. What else do you want from me? And this is really where our strength of digital comes in because I believe, hey, you know what? I want you to come jump on a small group with me at nine o'clock at night. Like nobody's going to be, your kids are already in bed. Don't binge that show on Netflix. Just, just have a conversation with me for an hour at nine o'clock. The flexibility and the scalability of digital actually allows for this disciple making to happen. And you can fit it mm. in more flexibly around the hours that's there. Now, listen, that person that's not even willing to give you like one hour in a disciple making relationship, like that's how you boil the frog slowly and start to build on that and help that person mm -hmm. understand. But if I really were to look at our churches and by the way, my church is guilty of this. Like we were stuck on spiritual milk when biblically we should be feeding ourselves by now. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. the challenge, honestly, pastor out there listening to this, the challenge of your church is, is that not that people won't go to your building. The challenge of your church right now is that people have no purpose when they're not in your building. Give them the purpose outside of the building. Help them understand that God's call in their life towards evangelism, towards disciple-making, towards investing in individuals. And that's the influence that's going to give your church 
a voice again. And it's going to give them purpose outside of the church, which is going to only strengthen the bond with the church because you are yeah. resourcing them and you're helping them find their purpose. So I'll to that religious hangers, go, go ahead, go, go, go. No, to, to that effect, uh, we have been relying on people coming to us. So uh, walk this out some more. How, what would you say to pastors or church planners to encourage them to go to the people as opposed to expecting them to come to the building? How do we, in forms of a, a digital expression, what are some practical ways that we as pastors, leaders can go to them? Love it. Um, I had I had a church in uh, a church planner. He was currently living in Michigan and uh, he wanted to plant in Columbus, Ohio. Before he actually moved to the state of Columbus, Ohio, he engaged and built relationships with over 50 people in the Columbus, Ohio area, just through Facebook groups. He would join Facebook groups. He would start talking with people in Facebook in, in Columbus, the Facebook groups that were in Columbus. I don't know. Dog walkers of Columbus. Maybe yeah. there's a Facebook group for it. Whatever it was, he would do search for Columbus. He would build relationships. And, and through Facebook groups and through Facebook Messenger, engaging with people in those groups, he built solid relationships that basically gave him a core team of over 50 people. And my man didn't even live in the state where, the ch- where he was trying to plant a church. There's opportunities digitally to connect with these people. There's opportunities physically to start to engage as well. One of the churches that I've worked with, I've actually encouraged the the campus pastors, hey, you're not campus pastors anymore. You're community pastors. Mm -hmm. Your building doesn't mean jack. Nobody Mm -hmm. wants to come to it. Here in in Miami, I'm not speaking facetiously. Like we haven't, I haven't been to a church building in since March 6th or whatever that weekend was. Like it's just, it's not happening down here in Miami. The value of the building doesn't mean anything. It's getting into into the community. How can you create service opportunities? How can you mobilize people to stop fighting about masks? Don't be the evangelist for masks. I love the I love the passion of people who are finding things to be evangelistic over. It's unfortunate in 2020 we're we're finding our passion centers around masks, around race, or around um, politics. Uh, Politics, you know, the election. If we can leverage that passion and get it funneled into, I don't know, connecting people to Christ, could you imagine what your church would be capable of if it had an army of evangelists, of disciple makers who were passionate about Christ, as opposed to whether or not I'm wearing fabric over my face? Like, we are too passionate about the wrong thing. And as a result of it, because we, the church, haven't spoken into this, previous to 2020 and it prepared our people for it our people are lost in this moment mm-hmm. and so kenneman's right we need that we need the grace of god to save this moment and we need a radical shift towards disciple making to help us the institutional church understand that without the individuals representing us in our communities physical and or digital we're screwed so what tools can people like you and me make or people can engage with our, our stuff, not that it's about us, but, um, you know, other uh, industries in, in our space, what tools do we need to be creating that will allow, uh, community pastors to make more disciples? What tools can we give them, um, to, to help them in the process? 
yeah, there's there's a lot of good discipleship systems that are out there. Uh, Four Fields was the one that I mentioned from No Place Left. It's an excellent system. You know, one of my complaints with them is, hey, like this, there's no digital components to this. It's YouTube videos with training, but how can I connect with people? And now I'm trying to send it over to WhatsApp or Slack. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it's like multiple platforms and, and it's not, it loses its convenience, which means I'm going to get people that are going to trip over the system and, and disengage just because the system's not convenient. Um, I think there's opportunities for the church or, or for people outside of the church. By the way, huge fan of vendors outside the church. The innovation outside of the church is going to help the, the church succeed tomorrow. But when it comes to like disciple making systems, um, there, there are very few American disciple systems that have invested in digital space. Like I'm, I'm speaking of rooted rooted has invested. I've had conversations, uh, with, with the team over there. And I know churches that have succeeded at that, but the idea of discipling people via mobile app, long distance disciple making, um, you know, like it's, that's an opportunity for the church really to succeed. Um, when, when it comes to tools, it's, it's interesting. The, I, I fire BBs before bullets. You know, I, I was, I was a church. I worked at a church once and, um, I, I'll just, I'll, I'll be honest. I was given like a $300,000 budget to, to build a system and I was excited about it. I'm like, this is a great opportunity. I, I'm just going to win. I'm going to build the greatest website backend database, CHMS, all custom mezzanine, you know, interface. Like it was, was beautiful in, in my head. Um, but I didn't fire the BBs before the bullets. Actually, I started firing cannonballs first. And what happened was culturally, a lot of the church didn't connect with the culture shifts that I was doing and setting out in, in you real were too time. far and along. So, yeah. And it's literally, I'm running to jump off the dock and I turn around and literally nobody's behind me. And, and it's like, okay, I needed to kind of fire some of those BBs, needed to test some stuff first. I needed to get the culture shifted of the organization. Mm. And then I can start to leverage some of these technological shifts. Then I can start to leverage some of these platforms. Then I can, can get, you know, but getting volunteer, getting staff buy-in, you know, I, I equated the equation here. I just, I, I compared it to this. I was like graduating from college and even my leadership, they were, they were like in third grade, not because like difficulty of concepts. They were incredibly smart people. I just didn't include them in my maturation process. Mm-hmm. And so as a church starting out, have conversations with leadership, have conversations with people above you, below you, other departments, find five high level volunteers that, that can help you in this process mm-hmm. and get them to own it. By the way, getting them to own it means you're going to have to release a chunk of it because they may have different ideas than you. But through the process of getting multiple people, multiple departments, leadership, volunteers to own this, what's going to happen is at the end game, they're all going to be all in because they all had an opportunity to speak into it. Yeah. So often in leadership, we're looking for people just to agree with us. But we, when you surround yourself with a bunch of yes men, you really find yourself surrounded by people with nothing to say. And so take opportunities to, yeah, okay, yes men are nice, but let others beat up that process so they can own it when push comes to shove down the road. I think that's a good point. And it kind of circles back to what we were talking about earlier with, with pastors being a little bit humble in this situation. I think the soil is probably ripe for people to express new ideas and 
push back on old ways of doing things. I think maybe senior pastors and senior leadership might be a little bit more open um, to fresh ideas. So this might be a time to suggest things and whatever. Don't be rude about it. Don't be disrespectful and, you know, follow their leadership and, and their vision. But but I think that now's a good time for the soil to be uh, ripe for that kind of stuff. Um, as we close today, um, t- tell me about church planners. If, if you were to, you, you guys work with a lot of uh, church planners. Uh, what, what have you seen? Are they still trying to plant their church? What do you, what is kind of the next season of church planning? Yes. Yeah, Stadia, even in this COVID season, we're long, we're scheduled to launch 400 churches, um, here in, in 2020. It's a record year for us. Uh, and so yay, like that, that's a win. Even as we're decreasing 20%, Stadia has been able to, to turn it here. Here's the challenge really. And, and I've got, some of my closest friends are actually planning churches in, in early 2021. And uh, it, it's, there's, there's a sense of, I'll be honest. And I, there's a sense of mourning. Um, literally I've, I've, I've got a friend who's planning a church. His goal was Easter 2021. He had the location, he had the city, the spot, he was already developing a, a core team. But the reality is, is that the vision of what he had for church no longer exists. Right. And so he, uh, listen, I can tell you there, there were planners that when COVID hit, there were planners who were like, Hey, I'm going to pause. I'm not going to do this. There were planners that I know that like, Hey, we're going to launch early. We're going to launch digitally first in this season, not digital only digital first. And Mm -hmm. and we're going to do what ministry we can digitally. And, And so whether you're the pause guy, whether you're the aggressive guy, both of them really had a sense of, of mourning because the vision of what they thought church was they're recognizing is, is really, it's no longer valid. Right. And, and so the quicker we can get past the mourning into what the next normal is yeah. and, and recognizing, okay, Hey, you're not going to be the physical guy who's going to stand up in front of thousands preaching, but you can be the physical guy and the digital guy who's influencing thousands to share the gospel to reach their circle of influence and, and understanding that victories may look different from what your perception was. But honestly, these victories are more in line with the biblical definition of what we, the church are called to be mm-hmm. seeing that mm-hmm. understanding that, and, and then shifting to that mindset is hard, but it's a reality that, that all of our, our church planners have to live in the season, whether yeah. Sadie or not. Yeah. I think that's a good good place to to wrap up, uh, man. Thank you so much for for your time. Give us your website and how we can keep up with you. Yeah, so thechurch.digital. Uh, you can hit me up there. Uh, we like I said, blogs, podcasts. You know, would would love to have conversations. Just just this week, um, we're launching a, a podcast with a lead pastor talking about this idea as church as platform. And, and so we we did this recently with. Um, um, you know, we talked about it here on the podcast, uh, here, just how do we influence and help others sh- share their faith? And so we've got a lead pastor, former lead pastor from a church in California who really shares some insight about how he did that with, with his church, Rick Russo, yeah. um, number of other blogs and resources with that social media, um, dear That's weird. It's a Jeff Reed backwards, D E E R F F E J. There's actually tons of famous Jeff Reeds. I've like one, Super Bowl. Uh, I've I've won the World Series. I've been arrested for doing those things you're not supposed to do with kids. No, I'm kidding. Well, 
it wasn't me. There are Jeff Reeds. Well, I passed all my background checks. Uh, I'm, I'm the least famous of the Jeff Reeds. I'll say it that way, but <laughs> finding like the social media handles, uh, was difficult on my side. So yeah, it's I bet. fetch backwards. Well, I can compl- completely relate. Usually Carl is the nerd, the fat guy, the, uh, you know, nerdy sidekick. So, uh, so the old guy, so I can completely relate to, uh, to that uh well man thank you so much for your time it's been a pleasure getting to uh getting to know you through online and through other spaces and uh and i'd love to continue to stay connected with you and and uh, push people over to you and you're doing a great job uh helping the church so thank you so much for your time man awesome hey thanks for the invite love being here the church online guide is a comprehensive handbook for crafting your online worship experience this 75 page guide will give you helpful tips and resources like ideas for your service flow, tips for your website, how to craft kids and student experiences, online giving, turning your live stream into an online campus of your church, and more. Pick up a copy of the book today and watch our free church online web series at 1230.media slash churchonline, 1230.media slash churchonline. The show notes for this episode are available now at makingsundayhappen.com. Well, hey guys, as I leave you today, be sure to check out all of our resources for helping you craft your online worship experiences at 1230.media slash church online. That's 1230.media forward slash church online. You can take $5 off the church online guide book that's on that uh, webpage by using code online guide five that's online guide five all one word at checkout at one two three zero dot media slash church online again online guide five at twelve thirty dot media forward slash church online uh, to take five dollars off our church online guide book uh, there on that website also you can check out 40 different videos uh, that I did uh, on the topic of Church Online completely free. That, that whole web series uh, is free for you, talking about just short little tips that you can implement when it comes to your online worship experience. Those videos are less than five minutes each, so really quick, really easy, practical tips that you can use starting today. So be sure to check that out, 1230.media slash churchonline. Well, we love you guys. Continue to create incredible worship experiences for your church this week. I'll catch you next time. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com.